Wow. This is a great place to be. Amen. Amen. I'm so excited to be here again this evening. Uh, this is a beautiful, powerful worship. Amen. This is a beautiful, powerful worship. Amen. And you know, as the way are worshiping, singing about the Holy Spirit, man, for me, it's like the heavens are open and the rain is raining and it's coming upon us. I really believe this evening the reign of God is going to reign on your life. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the rain you sent from heaven to refresh our lives, to restore us, to renew us, to do miracles, signs, and wonders, to awaken our souls, to give us new strength. Father, we pray that this evening you will move in this place and minister to us and touch us and transform us. Holy Spirit, you promised to be my helper. I ask you to be here to help me, to lead me, to guide me, and to guide the words I'll say to build up your church and to bless your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, uh, I felt uh, while we are worshiping here that I want to change my uh, preaching and preach my favorite sermon. Um, because this is the only time I have. And see, um, uh, I love what I was going to preach. But I feel like I want to preach my favorite sermon uh, this evening. Uh, we started the conference. And we call the conference Refresh. And the whole idea of Refresh for me was that our church had been around for 10 years. This is, I think, year number 12 or 13 of our church. So we celebrated 10 years of existence. And as soon as we celebrated 10 years of existence, it's like God was saying, 10 years are over, but I want to do something new. It's like on that day, all I wanted to do is to thank God for the 10 years. They were great 10 years. Great 10 years. I mean, God has done great things at New Life. And he had done great things in those 10 years. I would look everywhere and just appreciate him and thank him from Kayonza to Kigali to Kajeo, to all the places where we do ministry, when you get there, man, you get, even shocks, my, it shocks me when I see what God has done. It's so big for me beyond what I had even kind of dreamt of and expected. But then after that, I felt like God wants to take the church to another level. And that the church in new life will be like a new church plant. 
Okay? It had been there for 10 years, but after 10 years, new life, you become a new church plant. We just begin over uh, to another level. So God put on my heart this whole idea of refreshing, refreshing, renewing, reviving, starting again. Refreshing to me is like uh, spending my day outside and at the end of the day I'm so dirty and dusty and tired. In, in England you don't have dusty. We do have dusty out there in Africa. I mean, you could actually touch your body and um, collect dusty and, and feel it. So to me it's like uh, standing in a shower. And releasing the rain. And then the rain rains on me and completely cleanses me, refreshes me, and gives me new energy and strength inside me. That's refresh. You know, when I take a shower, it's an external thing. But that external thing, there is a way enters inside me and refreshes me. And then I go to sleep refreshed. Or I go to rest refreshed. So the Bible talks about times of refreshment. Those times come our way. God sends a season of refreshment. A season of refreshment upon a nation. A season of refreshment upon a local church. Sometimes a season of refreshment upon an individual. And God hits you so much for a season of your life. To the extent that you are completely rendered powerless. But God lays a supernatural foundation during those days in your life to build something new. And that's what God has been doing in my life and the life of our church. It's like God is laying a supernatural foundation on which he wants to do great things. That's why we live in a time whereby we expect God to do great things. You know, but that season of refreshment, I don't know if you guys know, begins with repentance. That season of refreshment begins with repentance. The Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter 3, Verse 19 to 21. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 to 21. Listen, it says, repent. Repent. Then, and turn to God. So that your sins may be wiped out. And that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And that he may send the Messiah. Who has been appointed for you, even Jesus? Heaven must receive him till the time comes for God to restore everything as he he promised long ago through the holy prophets. Listen to this. In my version, NIV, it says repent. And it puts a comma there. It says repent. Stop a little bit. Don't go very fast. Repent. 
Think through areas of your life that have made you weak. You know, on this journey, some of us leak. You know, leaking like having a hole underneath the teen. Okay? You have a hole underneath the teen. Some of those holes are tiny and sometimes invisible. We don't see them with our eyes. But on this journey, sometimes we have some leaks. This says, repent. Stop. Go slow. Examine those leaks in your life, which are making your life leak. Look at those areas where you are throwing your life. You are not holding together. But every now and then your life is dripping. (laughs) And you're losing energy. You're losing something. It's like Samson. When God told him that you should touch no dead thing. And don't touch the girls. Because those girls are going to make you lose power. When you touch them, you're going to leak. You're going to lose power. You won't have the same power like the power you used to have. Something out of you is going to leave you. So God, before he fills you again, first of all, what God does is to take care of the leakages in your life. He repairs every broken hole in you because God wants to fill you for a purpose. He doesn't want to fill you to leak. He wants to fill you to serve. Therefore, he says, repent. Take a moment. Examine your ways. Examine your life. Take an account for new life. It was taking an account for 10 years of existence. Take account for those years. Examine them. Repent. Repair. Fix. I'm about to pour rain. I want to fill your tanks. In Africa, some people don't have... Mm, Piped plumbing into the house. And most, most people. So people depend on rain in some areas. And so what they do, you buy a big black drum. And you put it on the side of the house. So when the rain rains, you want, when that time of refreshment comes, you want all the water to be contained in the drum to the extent that no drop gets lost. Because the more water you have in the drum, the longer you are going to go in the drought. So every drop matters. So in the dry season, you repair the drum. You fix it. You prepare yourself. And it says... Turn to God. Turn to God. Come back to God. Turn to God. Come back. You've gone over to some other things, but come back to God. You went over to to whatever you've been into. You know, sometimes we wander around. We are sheep. 
You know, sheep, 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 sheep wonder. <laughs> they wonder. They, they get off the way and, the, and the, they just wonder. Somehow they take their ways. I think that's why God decided to call us sheep. We are sheep. We, we, we wonder. We wonder, and the, the Jewish uh, shepherds, they used to look for the wandering sheep. You know, not every sheep, by the way, wanders, but out of a hundred, one may have a behavior to wander, and they, they just <laughs> get off and run off. So what they would do is to bring it in, and then break its legs, and the reason they would break the legs, because the shepherd wants to carry that sheep on his back. So basically, as the shepherd would be taking care of the rest of the sheep, he would carry the sheep on the back. And by the time the legs of the sheep get healed, the sheep will be so used to the shepherd that that sheep doesn't wander off again. God says you repent. And come back, turn back to him. And unfortunately, unfortunately, we come back a broken. You realize that? We come back a broken sheep. <laughs> broken in every way. You are broken. Some people don't even have eyes. The eyes are plucked out. They are so broken. But this is the good news. When we repent and come back a broken and linger around him. Just be around the Lord. Man, you get to that point in your life. You have messed up so much. All you want is to linger around the Lord. And just be around. This is the good news. He says your sins will be wiped out. They are not only washed. They are wiped out. They, they are, you are done with them. God wipes the sins out. I'm talking about wiping them out in such a way that there be no staining. He wipes the sins out. He cleans you. And then after that, do you know what he does? He says, times of refreshing may come from who? From the Lord. The Lord sends times of refreshing your life. God sends revival. God sends revival. Friends, in this place, there is potential for revival. In this place, there's, uh, this place is pregnant of revival. It's a baby. Baby, it's a baby. It's out there. It's tiny. It's still small. But there's a pregnancy for revival. It's in. It's inside. It's in the womb. There's potential. It's a tiny baby right there, deep there. Doctors can't even see it right now, but they can see that you are having some sicknesses. You are kind of weak and tired. And we are not quite sure, but the baby is in. This baby called revival is in. It's in the house. It's in this place. There's potential for revival. It's a baby we have to take care of very well and nurture and protect it. 
and nurture and protect it. There's potential for revival. There's potential for God to do great things in this place. The potential is there for refreshing to come, for the rain to break out forth from heaven. In this place, the potential is there. The seed is there. The blessing is there. It's a little baby that we have to protect. Peter says in Acts 3.19 that the time of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. From where? From the presence of the Lord. A time when God visits us with the refreshing of his blessing. And he just chooses to, to bless us by reviving our hearts and the hearts of his people and convicting and regenerating previous precious souls. A time of refreshing comes, and in that time, God convicts and regenerates precious souls. There are precious souls in this place. But let me tell you, there are precious souls in this city. Every house is full of precious souls. Every house Every, every location, this entire area is full of precious souls. And those precious souls need an awakening, a revival from God's house to regenerate them. Most of us will agree that today we need a definite positive refreshing from the presence of the Lord. We need it. We need a refresh. We need a renewal. Now, this does not come because of our power, our strength, our strategies. Like I was saying yesterday, I said yesterday that, you know, suffers, suffers don't have the power to command the waves to come. Do they? No. Suffers don't move the waves. Waves are moved by God's sovereign choice. And when God moves the waves, the waters, come on, surfers, just to get on and, and, and enjoy and surf. But what do, what do surfers do? Surfers do one thing. They prepare themselves to surf. And when it's time for surfing, come on, they go surfing. They don't send the waves, but they surf them. Let me tell you, God is sending waves of revival all the time. Whether we know it or don't know it, God is sending those waves all the time. All the time. They come in this church and go through and God says, where are the repented people who are ready to serve? the waves, who are ready to participate in what God is doing. I know without a shadow of doubt, without the spirit of God being poured out upon us as water, upon a thirsty uh, ground, and as floods upon the dry ground, we can actually do nothing. We can completely do nothing. Without the spirit of God, we are like a sheep with no wind in our sails. We need him. We need him. We need him as branches without life. As coals without fire. 
We need the Holy Spirit truly without him. We can do nothing. Just like Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. We need the Holy Spirit. The church needs the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, every church needs the Holy Spirit. When a church doesn't have the Holy Spirit, that church is about to be buried. Because without the Spirit of God, there is no life. He is the life giver. And I don't understand why we actually don't get it. I don't understand why of a long time I could not get it. That he is the life giver of the church. Jesus provides the the blood. But the Spirit provides the breath of life. He makes us alive. You need the blood and the, and the breath working together in your body. Can you imagine having blood with no breath? And can you imagine having breath with no blood? We need both. We need the blood. We need the breath of life. We need the spirit of the living God in our midst. That's why when you have the blood without the breath, without the spirit, you, do, you have heart attacks all the time. Many. How many churches have heart attacks all the time? They struggle all the time. They can't breathe. When the Lord begins to pour out his spirit, there will be times of refreshing from who? from God. Now listen to this. This is what happens. When God powers his spirit, the hearts of God's people will be revived. Hearts will be revived. Prayer will find its way to the throne of the eternal grace. When the spirit of God comes, prayers are revived, but also our prayers find way to the throne. I love it when I pray in tongues. So when the spirit, you know, sometimes you feel like, come on, you are making a point. Have you had those moments of your prayer where you feel like you're not making a point? But you are praying. Like a Jacob of the old, we will wrestle with God. And we will not be denied. God will send his blessing. And as I talk to you. And that's why we are singing in this place. Wow, I was feeling a sense of wrestling in my heart. Wrestling in my heart. Wrestling for revival. Wrestling in my heart. Once again, asking God to revive us. In fact, as the rest of us were singing, I was praying. And I was saying, God, send us revival. It's like I can't even shout it out. I need him so bad to send us refreshment and send his spirit upon us so much that in me there's no more breath to shout out to him. Say, God, send revival. When I saw you worshiping and singing and praising the Lord, I was praying, God, send revival in this Place, let the floods of the spirit come upon the dry ground. Let the sinners be convicted and brought to guilty before the true God. Let us turn from our sins and come to God. Let there be cries of repentance from broken 
hearts, from broken homes, from broken communities. Let our hearts be stirred up to call upon the name of God. Let the sinners be delivered by the power of God moving and working in our midst in these days. Let the kingdom of Satan be broken and the darkness be translated into light. Let light go and the, let the darkness go and light come. Let the night stop and let it dawn on us. Let us see the light of God. Let a new chapter happen. God started something new. Some of us have been in the night for a long time. And what happens in the night? Fear, nightmares, bad dreams, bad experiences in the night. But may God send his light. May God pour upon his people his spirit. To the extent that his people be, will, will, his people will become very fervent for God's truth, that they will be fearless, that they will be bold, they will be fearless, they will be bold. That's what the Spirit of God does in your life. He makes you bold like a lion. The Bible says when Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, this man who had denied Jesus Christ three times stands up before the crowd and he preaches the gospel. In one day, thousands came to Jesus. The timid people became bold. You know, when it's the Spirit of God gets down here, some of you who don't normally talk, you begin to talk in a new tongue. Some of you who don't normally talk, when you begin talking, we can't stop you from talking. He makes you bold. He makes you stand out. He makes you terrify the devil. And the devil runs away from your presence. That's what I'm talking about. That is what we need. We want to see the strongholds of the enemy invaded. That the devil no longer invade our homes, our children, our city. But it would turn around and invade the devil and kick him out in the name of Jesus Christ. Where do we get that boldness? Only when the Holy Spirit comes. I don't have that naturally. That is not me naturally. I don't, I'm not designed that way. But when he comes, when he comes, he gives me the power. He gives me the boldness. Yes, God will send his spirit. God will send his spirit. God will be gracious again and return to us. He will yet revive his work. He will revive his work in the midst of the years. He will revive his work. His work might have gone through years, hard years, difficulty years. But God will revive his work. This is what I love about ministry. You know, a number of you own companies. 
your own businesses. They're your businesses. You own them. Okay? It's your business. You own it. You own it. What I love about ministry, ministry is not my business. It's God's business. Really, behind me there is an own, the owner, and that owner is God. God owns the ministry. It doesn't matter what you say about the ministry. It doesn't matter what happens. God owns it. And the owner of the ministry will revive it. He will revive his business. He will. Will he, yet, will, will he yet in wrath remember mercy? Yes, he will. I firmly believe in my soul that God has given us a very special and a precious promise. And that promise is the Holy Spirit. And that promise is found in Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3 to 5. Isaiah chapter 44. If you can manage to put Isaiah there, I want to read that Isaiah to you. The promise God has made. I have preached this verse again and again to new life. Again. Again and again. And this is the verse. You got it there? Okay, if you can, uh, he's trying to get it. You know, this is the verse. The verse says, and I love it. I've read it. I've preached it many, many times. 44, verse 3 to 5. And it says, uh, For I will pour water on the thirsty land and the streams on the dry ground. I will pour water on the thirsty ground. Yesterday, we are talking about hungering for God. That the deeper the hunger, the deeper the blessing. The deeper the hunger, the deeper the blessing. Can I repeat that? The deeper the hunger, the deeper the fill up. And he says, I will pour water on the thirsty land. God, I ask you to create a hunger in me. That the hunger, Lord, will be so deep. Now, sometimes when you're going through that season of God creating a hunger in your life, it can be rough. It can be hard. You can feel dry. But that feeling is good. If you can feel dry, that feeling is good. There are some people out there who don't even have the feeling of being dry. They've lost the feeling. They actually don't even know what they want. They've lost it. They have no hunger for God. They are not dry. Let me tell you something. If you are hungry, thank God. If you wake up, if you got up today and you were hungry, thank God. We had a good lunch today, but you know, if you are hungry at the end of the day, again, thank God that you are hungry. Because the hunger is a sign of life. Hungry people, okay, people who are, who are alive, they are hungry. Dead people don't have hunger. Did you know that? Dead people don't want food. It does not matter what kind of food they like. When you, there are no kitchens in the mortuary. 
There are no kitchens in the mortuary. There's no food. There's no food banker near the mortuary. They are not hungry. If you are in intensive care, you are not hungry. That's a bad thing. So if you are hungry, that's a good sign. It means that God is about to feed you. Because he promises to feed us. He promises to send his rain on the dry ground. And he says, I will. I will pour out my spirit. Now listen. In verse 3, he says he will do it to me. In the same verse, he says, I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. I love that. He's not going to only pour upon me, but my children be ready. He's not only going to be poor on me, but church, be ready. He's not only pouring on the shepherd, he's also pouring on the sheep. Be ready, okay? Come on, tell your children to be ready. They, they can't run away from God. They don't have where to go. Come on. When God has poured his spirit on me, where are you going to go? You have no way out. You are children of the covenant. You're in. You can't get out. You are in. You can't get out. Okay? It's a covenant of God. Sometimes I worry about my kids. And when I read these kind of verses, I stop getting worried. Because God says, I will pour my spirit on the thirsty land. Here I am. I'm the thirsty land. I'm dry. I need it. And in the same very verse, in the same statement, in the same covenant, he says, and I'll pour out my spirit on your offspring. Those who are mine. My spiritual offspring and my physical offspring. And when I look at new life, my new life is my spiritual offspring. So what do I do? First and foremost, me as the pastor, I get broken before God. I look for him. Me. I get my team. I tell my team to get hungry. I tell the elders to get hungry, they to, to be broken, to seek the spirit. And once we get it, once we get it, you don't have a way out. You get it. The way this church, you know, when your pastor was in Rwanda, uh, Pastor Lincoln, who is in London, he said, I don't know how this pastor is an English pastor. I don't know how his church is able to contain him. You know, now I'm here, I can see why you can contain him. Because all of you guys are also on fire for Jesus. That fire can contain fire. And he says, they will spring up like a grass. Verse 5 says, they will say, I belong to the Lord. And others will call themselves by the name of Jacob. Still others will write on their hand, the Lord is, and will take the name of Israel. What I like about the coming of the Spirit, he makes the Lord famous. The coming of the Holy Spirit makes my Jesus famous. You remember yesterday, we are talking about the kingdom, think kingdom, think revival. Make Jesus famous, okay? Not marginalized. Make Jesus famous. Let me tell you, the way to make Jesus famous is to allow the Holy Spirit to come in. Because when he comes in, he makes him famous. So, are you ready to make him famous? 
to receive the spirit. This is a precious promise. This promise over here is precious. That promise, that promise is a great promise. It's a promise given to us by a God who cannot lie. He's a God who cannot lie. He's a God who cannot lie. I have believed in God for that promise. From one refresh to another refresh. I believe God, this is the promise you made. You are a God who cannot lie. You are the eternal God. You are the true God, you, him yourself. You are the sovereign God, the creator of the entire universe. You are the unlimited God. Jeremiah says, is there anything too difficult for you? Have you read that verse? Is there anything too difficult for you? Come on. Think of the hardest of the hardest of the hardest thing in your life. God says there is nothing, absolutely nothing too difficult for the God we serve. The eternal God, the most powerful God. He says nothing. Nothing. So this God says, I will. He doesn't say, I may. He says, I will. You guys know better English than I do. English is my third language. You know, it's, it's not my mother tongue. It's something I had to pick in school for the purpose of doing mathematics and English and the, all the classes. But it, it, God says, I will. And when he says, I will, you can rest assured that he will. And we shall receive. That is the promise. It's not if. He says I will. He says God will. He shall send his spirit. If at this moment the Lord pours out his spirit upon you, which I am trusting he will, will you fall down on your knees and cry unto him as a merciful sinner? And say, God, help me. You know, those are the kind of encounters God wants to give us. I remember when I came to England many, many years ago in the 90s. I went to the, is it called Earl's Court? It's a big thing in, in London Stadium. And there was a conference in that place. I went there with Pastor Lincoln. The first day I went in, God was moving. The Holy Spirit was so powerful. I sat over there on the top in the chairs and I was a spectator. I watched God move. I appreciated it, but I did not jump into the river. I didn't get him. That was day one. I went back day two. I watched. Sometimes I have a problem with my mind. I prefer to understand instead of jumping in. So it took me a second day. And for a second, and my wife will tell you, she tells me to believe. Okay, and jump in. And I, I stood there and I watched. And the Spirit of God was actually moving in powerful ways. 
and water was coming upon the dry nation of England. It's like the heavens and the rain was raining from heaven. And people everywhere were being filled with the Holy Spirit. Third day, I came back at day number three. I watched. I looked at God pouring his spirit upon the people. The first session ended. But the second session during the break, something began to happen to me. No one was praying for me. Maybe someone was praying for me in Uganda. I don't know. But no one was laying his hands on me. I was just, you know, outside the, like, a, where, there, here is the stadium, but out there, there are corridors where you go to buy Coca-Cola. I don't think I even bought a bottle of Coca-Cola. Something began to happen. I lost the energy. Like, my energy was going. Gradually, my energy was diminishing. I entered in the stadium, and I sat out there. And I intentionally decided in my head that I am not going to fall. All these people are falling everywhere. I am not going to fall. I so intended it in my head. You know, I was in my 20s. And I really fixed my feet on the ground so well. I am not going to fall. On this last day of the conference, just like the last day when Jesus said on the last day of the festival, whoever is hungry, thirsty, come. That day, God came in. He lifted me. Actually, I fell down standing straight. Boom. Down in the chairs. And right down there on the floor, something more than falling down started to happen in my life. It is like a God from heaven put a water pump in my heart. And it's like God was pulling out and pushing in. And in that moment, I surrendered my life to the will of God. I don't remember any day as much as that day when I surrendered my life to the kingdom of God. To me that day, I crossed from myself to becoming a servant of the kingdom of God. My calling to the kingdom of God in my 20s became clearer than ever before. I surrendered to him. And I cried. And I cried. And I cried. And after crying, God blessed me with laughter. And I laughed. And I laughed. It's so beautiful to laugh after crying. And I laughed and laughed and laughed. And God poured more and more and more rain and more rain. And I laughed and I laughed. And the conference ended. And people started walking out of the conference. And I was still there. And my friends from London, 
who had brought me to the conference. They waited for me to get out and join them to go home. I was not getting out. God was pouring more, more. I was drowning deeper and deeper in the river. God was sweeping me and God was sweeping things out of me and making my call for the ministry clearer than ever before that I'll do his will and not my will. And then they couldn't wait any longer so they came and lifted me and they walked me back to the car. And in the car, God was pouring more and more and more. And I remember that was Thursday. On Friday, these Ugandan friends used to have a prayer meeting at Kensington Temple in the basement. So we went to Kensington Temple for a night of prayer. Again, God came back. And he poured so much upon my life. And whoever I touched that night was also just laughing. Was joining in the laughter. Finally, I packed my bags. And I returned to Gaba, Uganda in my home church. And when I arrived at the church, the whole church caught the revival. The spirit of God was moving. The entire church was hit by the joy of the Lord. Everywhere people were rejoicing in the Lord because when the Holy Spirit visited Samaria, they were full of joy. And people were so much rejoicing in Gaba. And out of that joy, we went out to Chagwe, another county, to preach the gospel in Chagwe. And guess what happened? While I was preaching in Chagwe on the stadium, they pushed a dump and a deaf man to the platform. And they said, pray for him, pray for him, pray for him, pray for him. I had never prayed for a dump and a deaf person before in my life. And I laid my hands on him and I prayed for him in, in the name of Jesus Christ. Be opened up. And the guy for the first time, he spoke and he started to hear in the midst of this outpour. And listen, I thought this guy would not talk again tomorrow. So the next day he came back to the crusade. And I was still afraid and intimidated. And I, I, I reached out to him. We invited him back to the platform. Second day, he was still talking and hearing and dancing. God wants to pour his spirit upon this church. Because he wants this church to do exploits for him. Just like when I first started, let me get the worship leaders back. I said, there's a pregnancy here. Spiritual pregnancy. It's out there. It's like a small hand, a cloudy out there. The rain is gathering. The cloudy is gathering. Take care of it. It's gathering. Take care of it. 
It's like uh, having uh, an, a pregnant mother who has just conceived. You have to be careful. You have to take care of her. Take care of that three months baby. Take care of that one month baby. It doesn't mean you don't take care of the baby when they when it's nine or eight months in the store in the womb. But you know that delicate moment. Take care of the baby in the first semester. We are into that first semester church. That's why I believe this is not very far from us. At New Life, we are in that first semester of the pregnancy. And we are feeling the pain and the fevers. They hit us every now and then. But let me tell you, we serve a good God. And it's going to bless us. Pour his spirit upon us and our children. Let us stand up on our feet. He's gone. He'll pour his spirit upon us. And upon our own children. Our descendants. He will. He will.